Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone, welcome to FPL Black Box ahead of Game Week 8. No mark for us today, but we've got a very able person deputising instead. It's Praz from Burning Questions on Fantasy Football Scout. How are you, Praz? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me again. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And uh, what a week to be doing this, right? I mean, wildcard week and people with no wildcard struggling week. So, yeah, lots to discuss. It's a weird week to be doing kind of content on because obviously Mark and I did Black Box last week and presented a load of stats and things and... Obviously, nothing's changed from that perspective because there's been no games, but everything's changed in, in the space of a week because now we've got wild cards being played. We've got, I've seen some free hits being used as well. And the wild card teams are so different, right? I, I mean, loads of people, loads of people in the community, you know, we've had Raptor doing draft after draft. We had Jannies earlier. We're going to be presenting mine, yours, and Mark's. Like, well, none of us are using it this week, but if we were going to do it, all different, all different players. This is finally the week, isn't it, where things sort of turn a bit and, and we're starting to see the template shaking up. Absolutely. And deviating strategies as well. Some people looking at eight, some people nine, some people 13, and all are very viable. So really interesting times. Yep, absolutely. Uh, before we get into it, let's just talk uh, about our sponsor quickly. Uh, so we are sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, this week, NordVPN are the top-rated VPN uh, service um, in the world. They're the fastest VPN as well, if you're worried about that. And essentially, if you don't know what a VPN does, it's a great way of basically boosting your internet security. That's the main reason for, for using it. Uh, as FPL managers, we all know security is important. We don't want to get hacked. We don't want our details getting leaked, especially if you're using your kind of laptops or computers in different uh, public areas. That's when you're kind of most at risk of all these hackers and IP address thieves and all this kind of stuff. So if you're interested in boosting your security, we've got a great deal um, with, with NordVPN. Uh, you get four months completely free with one of their packages. 
Um, and it's 30 day completely free trial as well. So if you use it for 30 days and you don't like it for whatever reason, um, you can just send them an email and you get a full uh, refund as well. Uh, Mark is using it to watch Kojak. Ever watched Kojak, Braz? <laughs> Uh, I have to say I haven't, but I do know of it, yes. Yes, good. Well, he's, I don't know what series he's on now, but he's hes going through. You right. can also use the VPN to uh, take different um, sort of international Netflix or uh, things and, and watch, uh, you can even watch the football from different places. You can watch different things on Netflix. You can do loads of stuff with it. So do check out NordVPN um, if you're interested. Uh, there's links in the description um, below. Um, as well a few people mentioning manscape this isn't a manscaped ad uh, this time well that was a lot of fun uh, last week um we are quite we are selective over our sponsors that's one thing we we do promise to do. we we will bring you kind of the, the when we when we get offered we're actually getting not to boast but we are getting quite a few offers um, at the moment but we only want to do ones that we do genuinely kind of believe in so do check out nordvpn um, as i said links in the description below perfect right let's get into it we're going to cut out a load of the regular stuff we're going to cut out um, our game weeks, because obviously we've talked about that already. That was ages ago. Uh, we won't talk about the great and the good. I mean, Greyhead did an article on great and the good. I don't know if you saw it. It's, the, it's a brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. article. With no, it's talking about all the rises and fallers of, of people. Um, I loved it. But we we will um, we will skate over that, especially because I'm three point five in. Also, you're the first person on on this year. We actually got a decent rank, one hundred ninety four k. So. Thanks I was going to say up. the speculation that you wanted somebody under a million, basically, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, I know. Uh, it was Co- uh, Columbo, by the way, not Kojak that, that Mark watches. He's gonna. So I, can't, right. I, I don't even know what Columbo is. He was shocked with me last time, but yeah. Anyway, uh, right. Let's get into it. There, we are going to talk about some stats that we presented last week. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about kind of our teams and plans and what you know, because the things we're thinking of doing are going to be a lot of the things of what other people um, are doing. But yeah. here's the season schedule, kind of as it is um, at the moment. So the title of this black box is called Seven Up. That's because there's seven fixtures to go through uh, Brighton, Chelsea, Palace, Leeds, Liverpool, uh, Manchester United, none of which have um, a fixture uh, this week. So there's only sort of these kind of 14 teams to to target. Um, then it's the international break. So then we've got another two weeks of, of nothing. Uh, and then we're straight back into game week nine. And then it's the Champions League kicking off again at the end of that and the Europa League um, as well. Two more rounds of that going on. So you've got to think this is going to be a really busy time. And we learned today as well that in game week 12, Arsenal and Manchester City, two teams who are going to have a lot of investment in their players, don't have a game either. So yeah, let's talk about the kind of, um, let's talk about Arsenal and City first then, because that's the kind of the newest thing that, that we know. Does that change any of your plans going forward about which players you're, you would be looking to bring in? Does it make you more likely to want to sell Arsenal players, for example? Yeah, so I can see, I mean, Arsenal already were embarking on a tough run, right? I mean, if they've lost Man City, that doesn't change much because we, we weren't expecting a lot from their assets against City anyway. So I think people were looking on a wild card to sort of dial down their Arsenal coverage. Uh, I don't think many will have an Arsenal defender going forward after this game week. Mm. Many will actually get off Jesus unless they're, you know, they don't have a wild card or something. So I think people will sort of come down to a Martinelli. And even that, for example, I'm looking at a wildcard next week and I'm thinking, do I really want Martinelli who's playing Liverpool and then is blanking and I'll have to deal with all of that? Maybe not have Martinelli either. So I think it makes it very interesting in terms of people you target. With City, it's even more tricky because you Mm. sort of want to target City this week. Good fixture, captainable fixture. De Bruyne is like the standard premium. But in... Again, the blank doesn't help. And how do you sort of work around that? 
Well, that's the big thing, isn't it? Like, a lot of people are jumping off the Arsenal assets, like you mentioned. I mean, none of them have really done anything wrong. I mean, the defence has been a little bit disappointing, um, especially Ramsdale. But, you know, Saliba, for example, has, has been good. I've had Gabriel, who's been a bit rubbish. Sinchenko's obviously had the injury and things. But, I don't know, their, their defensive numbers we're going to talk about are still really good. But anyway, a lot of people are yeah. jumping off the defence. But then, I mean, in midfield, I mean, Saka's just scored. Martinelli's been doing well all season. Jesus has been unlucky. He got the one big haul and, and could have had more. And yet they're being sold in their kind of droves. And it's City that are being picked up on. You know, most wildcard drafts I'm seeing have Cancelo now, for example. Yeah. A lot of people move from Salah to, to, to De Bruyne. I've got Foden in my side. Everyone's got Haaland. So they're two kind of quite contrasting sides and two of the best sides in the league at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think I think with City, it's, it's a little different in the sense that A, you back them even mm. for a Liverpool fixture. And number two, it's the price point, right? Because one thing that's happening this week is people are jumping off Liverpool uh, because yes. of the blank, obviously. And so people are thinking De Bruyne is my replacement for Salah eventually, or I'll hop off him, I'll, maybe I'll go Cancelo to Trent. And basically that is a parallel that people can look at and then say, I, I can move my city assets that way. But I do agree, if you're not on a wildcard, for example, you have to sort of balance things out. It's really tricky because... You want Liverpool in 12, but you don't want them now. You want City now, but you don't want them in 12. No. And how do you actually navigate it? It's a really tricky week to wildcard, isn't it? Uh, and it was doing, when I did Janny's video earlier, and I was looking at his wildcard team, I kind of looked at it and I thought it was a bit, meh. There's nothing in it that really kind of got me exci too excited. But that's because a lot of these teams, like I look at Chelsea, I look at Palace, I look at Leeds, I look at Man United. They're the teams with the quite exciting players you know like Sinistera for Leeds you've got Rashford you know for Man United you've got Chelsea with Potter you know Sterling maybe James Palace with Zaha but you can't load up on those teams because obviously yeah. you've got to get a team out that's got games this week it's heading into a blank a wildcard usually doesn't make sense but in this one I would you know when we'll come to wildcard drafts I think there mm. is a way around it because there are players who may not have the best fixture this week but have a fantastic run coming up I mean your boy Madison uh, Bowen, <laughs> these guys don't have the best stats. We'll come to them, but you know they are essentially players that you could potentially work the blank around, but yeah. also have on a wild card. And I think people should look at that and say, my wild card team sh is not for just one game week; it's for all the game weeks in the future. And ca how can I calibrate that? And there are some tricky spots, but I think you can get to a team that sort of works. I think I made a joke the other day that Potter was going to play Sterling at left wing back. It actually looks like he is <laughs> tonight. Is he really? I mean, the chat will have to tell us how they're playing. I have no idea how Potter's playing uh, this game. No, keep us updated in the chat because it'd be really interesting to know and, and how long it takes for, for Haaland to score against um, his old club uh, <laughs> as well. Yeah, do, do keep us updated. Um, speaking of like fixtures, like you mentioned, um, this is kind of the, the important thing to be looking at now. Um, over at Fanciful Scout, obviously, we've got the fixture ticker, which you can sort by, by difficulty. Um, Fulham leaping right to the top over the next six. Forest... Uh, away in game week eight, Newcastle, West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa, Leeds, amazing run of fixtures for them. Mitrovic, he's got to be a lock-in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think th the three forward formation and essentially Haaland and Mitrovic taking the, the two until the World Cup, I think is going to be just locked. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, you know, we, we're going to talk about some of the other forwards as well that people are going for, because obviously we've got this big pool of forwards now with, you know, Jesus, Haaland, Mitrovic, Tony, Isak's being mentioned, quite a few people, Kane's coming into the reckoning now. So yeah, like we, like Mark and I have talked about, you've gone from no one last year, like what, two forwards or, you know, wanting to, people wanting to sell a forward spot to have another midfielder. And now it's just completely 
uh, turned around. It's very weird. So it's a crazy season. I mean, we're going to get on to the craziest thing in, in just a second. I mean, Leicester, Leicester are next uh, in second. They've got Spurs away, obviously tough, but then Forest, Bournemouth, Palace, Leeds, Wolves. So that's why you mentioned Madison, exactly. for example. Would you consider anyone else from them? Defence, Vardy, or is it just, just Madison? Just Madison, yeah. maybe at a stretch, uh, Barnes, if he looks a little bit, you know, on it against Spurs, because Barnes is a little bit in and out in the team. So you could sort of punt, but I would say in addition to Madison, not instead of. And then the other one is uh, Iheanacho. Uh, you know, if he, if he starts again, if he does well, and if, if you're looking like Vardy's not starting, mm. it's going to be tricky. But, you know, those are areas where you punt and maybe James Justin. So these would be the sort of the four I would look at. Do you think they can turn it around under Rodgers? No. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually semi hoping or expecting that he's he gets the sack uh, over the international mm. break, and you get a manager. Warden Iverson can become a thing again, or Justin can become a thing again, or you can back Madison a little bit more. The team's not heading anywhere. You know, last yeah. season they got away because they had Europe, and people said, okay, they're they're progressing in Europe, so league form is poor. That's fine. This season they're just not heading anywhere. They don't have that European distraction yet. Their numbers are poor. They used to be good in attack. That's also not sort of panning out. And it's not just fixtures. It's just the team is looking really poor. Yeah. It's a really strange one, isn't it? Because, I mean, towards the back end of last season, when they got knocked out of Europe, they started to look a lot better. They had their, their team yeah. fit. They were scoring goals. And there was no real excuse for them at the start of this season. I know they didn't buy anyone, but they still had what I thought was a, a strong core of, of kind of key players and just couldn't get going. I mean, they had all the Fafana thing going on. I think quite a few of their players were unsettled. You know, Madison was being linked with a move away. Um, for example, Tielemans as well. And the kind of spine of the Schmeichel squad. Was, leaving, Schmeichel it? leaving was, was absolutely huge for the defence. So, yeah, I, I think I overestimated them definitely, but I didn't expect them to be as bad as, as, they, as they have been. And we'll, I'll show some stats on them in just a second. Um, Villa, though. Villa's the interesting one that I, I wanted to mention. I am seeing people with Dean in their wildcard teams. <laughs> what what are you doing? If you've got Dean in your wildcard team, get him out. <laughs> I, I tell you what, the dilemma right now for every wildcarder is a third defender. Everyone has Trippier. Everyone has um, Cancelo. And they are trying to work out who plays this week and has good fixtures later. It's not James. It's not Trent. So... People are basically scraping down the barrel to look for a defender mm. that plays. And so people are going Emerson, perhaps. They're looking at a second Newcastle defender or even a third, if you include Pope. It's difficult. It's difficult to basically look for that spot. Maybe Perisic. So Dean is as good as any other option. I know there is trauma associated with that pick, both for yourself and for every one of us from last season. But look, I think uh, it's a good fixture if you wanted to sort of have a one-week or a two, three-week fling. But... I hear you. I hear you. I mean, Villa, again, another side which is not looking great and you just don't know where they're heading. Yeah. Uh, and then some of the other sides, and we've got Bournemouth um, in fourth. Not a huge amount of options from from there. Solanke, maybe. But again, I've listed those five forwards and it's it's hard to find a place for a Bournemouth striker when, you, when you've got all the others. Um, and then West Ham. And we're going to talk about West Ham um, a bit more. They've been really poor to start this season. Bowen is, is starting to attract a lot of interest. He's proper you know, ignore all the stats and just focus on fixtures because he hasn't got the stats, yeah. but but popular. But yeah, West Ham, um, you know, now being invested in. And then down the bottom, it's all the main guys, really. I mean, you've got Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, United, and then Brighton right down the bottom. So, you know, from the start of the season when we had all these top teams with, with great fixtures, that's completely turned around now, which is why we're seeing such an exodus of Liverpool players and, and Arsenal players and everything. 
But Brighton is is a is a strange one, isn't it? Because you know they were flying so high, and there was so many options it seemed in their team, and now it's just not the case. I feel sorry for Brighton fans. I mean, like yourself and and the team. I mean, I hope it works out with the new manager. But it's basically like you were on a good thing. I mean, no. if you had a if you had had a good season, you anything could have been possible. Top six. Uh, I mean, the team was looking superb. They had a system. The players were working in the system. It was Potter's fourth year. It's uh, it's sad to see, but yeah, I think from a fantasy perspective, anyway, after the blank, they play Liverpool and Spurs, and then later, I think they play Man City as well. So, yeah. I think for now, until the World Cup, it's uh, see you later. Yeah, it's time to to hop off the likes of Gross and, and Trossard, which which is a shame because I mean, you know, before before all the, all the postponements, I mean, Brighton were about to go into a game against Bournemouth, and then we would have seen, you know, kind of what we what we were capable of in that. You know, then Palace gets called off, but that was still two more games we thought we could get from you know a lot of our Brighton assets and. You know, I've got two in my side. Some people even had three. You know, with Sanchez, well, he was your only yeah. goalkeeper. You're going to have to make a move for him. So, yeah, one of, one of the worst teams to be affected by... Well, probably the worst team to be affected by everything that's going on. You know, two cancellations yeah. and a manager loss and tough fixtures to come after, after the international break. And the train strikes getting called off to really rub it in in the first place. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's, it's been an absolute nightmare. Um, let's take a look. We uh, we presented this data kind of last week, so we won't go into loads of detail about it because obviously nothing has changed, but obviously it's good to get your opinion um, kind of on things. So this is the team data attack um, so far uh, this season. Um, top three sides, Man City, Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, interestingly enough, Liverpool have... Uh, regressed based on on last season, but are still really high up on the attacking stats. So an xG um, non penalty per ninety of one point nine four. So still expected to score two goals every game they play. That's down from two point four four last season. Uh, City dropping, which is interesting, even though they've added Haaland, uh, down to two point nineteen from two point four seven. What would you make of Liverpool though? I mean, obviously the the fixtures that I just showed um, are rough. They got a blank, and then it's Brighton, which arguably now might be a, a better fixture. But then it's Arsenal and Man City. The attack's been struggling. They did get the result against Ajax, kind of right at the death yesterday. But this is the big turning point, I think, because we're seeing people now selling three Liverpool players. Diaz, Salah, Trent, so popular, all going. What do you make of that? Yeah. I guess they're doing it because they're forced to do it in a sense. And, mm. I, and, I, and I say that because we're on the back of the Brighton discussion. People had two, three Brighton, three, three uh, Liverpool, Arsenal's fixtures are turning, Chelsea. People were forced to wildcard. I mean, if you don't have those and you're okay, then great. I mean, you've, you've sort of been on the right side of it. But I think people have been forced to wildcard. And now that you are wildcarding, you're thinking, do I really want a Salah and want to bench him rather than playing a De Bruyne this week? Do I really want a Trent? So some people may consider that, but my personal view on, on Liverpool is we're sort of using the last two weeks to judge them when Thiago was out, Matip was out. I mean, if you look at yesterday's Ajax game, they put up 2.2 XG, mm. Salah put up 0.9 XG. So look, he was XGI. They are coming back. I don't think they're completely back but they have tough fixtures. So I can understand people having a view of saying, I can just avoid these guys until they've played Man City, which is game week 11, and then I'll just hop on them game week 12. Completely understandable. But then there's people like myself who are not wildcarding this week or yourself who may actually take the view that, look, if I can get through this week, then I have a differential Salah and a differential yeah. Trent playing Brighton at home. You have Arsenal, which usually can have goals, so it's not really the end of the world. So really, it's just Man City. Apart from that, until the World Cup, I like uh, Liverpool, 
but then you need to really have faith that this team is going to get back to what we've seen because if they're not delivering a two plus xg per game then you're not playing thir paying 13 million and then the second element to that is Haaland, right? Haaland's broken the game. Everyone's captaining Haaland yep. every week. So then you question if Diaz is going to score 80% of Salah's points, then why should I pay 13 million and not 8 million? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's the key thing. I mean, if we if we come back to the to the fixtures quickly, I mean, Liverpool <laughs> with with Brighton in game week 9, um City have Man United at home, which I mean, you could argue is a is a tougher fixture, especially now given that United have, have seemed to have improved defensively, but would you still back against Haaland in that? I, I I think if I had Haaland and Salah, I'd still go for Haaland in that. Would you? Uh, yes, but you also have Mitrovic playing Bournemouth at home. Um, so that's also a consideration if you wanted to sort of... So you have an alternative. You don't have to have... No, Mitrovic has got Newcastle. Sorry, which week, which week are you referring to? Uh, game week nine. Oh, game week nine. Yeah, fair. I mean, you could... You could argue that Salah could be a differential, but no, I would still pick Haaland. I thought you were talking about game week 12 when they play each other yeah. or game week 11. Game week 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, game week 11, Liverpool and City play each other, which is, you know, potential for to go a bit different. So, yeah, as you said, Mitrovic has got Bournemouth. Um, if you've got Kane or if you've, if you've gone for Kane, you've got Everton at home, which is why I really like the look of, of Kane because I'm right. looking and we're, we're going to talk about the world captains in a bit, but I'm looking at Kane in, in game week 8 and game week 11. You know, Haaland's got Wolves away. And then he's got Liverpool. That's, I think I'd back Kane in both of those fixtures over Haaland. And it's going to be pretty rare, I think, in the long term. Just know when I'm going to be able to do that. Yeah, fair. Look, this week I would doubt it, given how Spurs looked last night. Uh, I mean, they're looking a little bit toothless. Now, they're home to Leicester. That doesn't get any better than that. No. But if you ask me now, gut feel, if I had Kane and Haaland, I think I'm still picking Haaland, depending on, you know, if he gets 90 minutes or not. Because... City are playing tonight and then they play the early kickoff on Saturday. So that's not ideal. I think Haaland still starts. But uh, I still back Haaland this week. But I do get that game week 11 is going to be one where people need to sort of plan around it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about wildcard drafts in a bit. Just as a spoiler though, would you, if you were playing a wildcard this week, would you have a route back to Salah? Yes. And you'll see that in my draft. I've actually left money to upgrade KDB to Salah anytime. It is interesting, isn't it? Because this, I, I think a lot of people who are spending all their money around, they're not going to have a route. They might have a route back to Diaz, right? Because you, you're probably going for a Bowen or a Saka. And so that 8 million spot is, is kind of set. But a Trent, where are you going to find, you know, 1.5 or 2 million top grade Trippier to Trent, for example? And, let, you know, maybe you could do Cancelo, but you're probably going to want to keep him as well. Where are you going to find that extra million to do De Bruyne? Or if, like me, you're going for Kane, how are you going to get back to Salah without having to majorly kind of reconstruct your team? So it, it feels like it is a, if you're not leaving the money in, you are pretty much saying you're going to go without Salah for at least, what, five weeks and maybe reassess around game week 12 when they play West Ham at home. It's a scary thought given to where we were at the start of the season. He was just a complete, you know, if you didn't have Salah in your team at the start of the season, like Mark, Mark was ridiculed for not having right. Salah. <laughs> right. And he was right about it. I mean, none of the other players he bought in did anything, and that's a shame, but he was he was right about Salah. So Salah's got to completely turn it around over a difficult run of fixtures for people to be bringing him back. Yeah, I hear you. Look, I think the Salah thing, we are playing against other people. Mm. And so the whole thing with Salah was, we didn't know Haaland would be perma-captain perma material. Again, I'm not jumping to conclusions. This may change in, 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 in a few weeks. But at the moment, we, we are in a place where Haaland can be captain pretty much every week. 
and then you have to add that Salah is now probably 40% owned, 30% owned. That's not the same as 180% EO, mm. which he had at the beginning of the season. So I think the thinking process is slightly different. I know as if we were to think of it completely like uh, numbers, then it shouldn't matter. You should sort of pick the player that that is you know that you expect to score the most points. But that's not really how it works. As a human, you sort of think of this player as the most owned. I'm sort of hesitant to go against him. So that doesn't apply to Salah anymore. My only logic with Salah is that we're in a state where money is not a problem. Like, you know, if you were saying that the wingbacks were all 9 million and then you couldn't really afford them, and so why mm. do you have Salah in the first place? I think you can have a great team with Salah and Haaland. So you don't really need to say, if I'm not captaining Salah, why should I go for Salah? So I think the 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 logic applies to a Kane or a KDB, but having a second premium somewhat gets you in a position that you're not really restructuring. Because I have to say, going Kane is not a problem because Kane to Kane and Bowen to, let's say, Salah and somebody is easily possible. So it doesn't it doesn't mean, unless you have money left in the blank, even upgrading a KDB to a mm. Salah takes two moves, right? It's, it can't be done in one move. So I don't think you should worry that much if you're on a Kane that you're so far away from a Salah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's interesting as well, you mentioned about, you know, have money not being a problem. And when you take out Salah and Trent, you know, it's it's the classic thing. Is it's amazing what you can do with with that. And you know, people have debated doing that when Liverpool have had okay fixtures and been playing well, just because they want to spread the money around and and you know try and boost the rest of their team. But at this point, it actually feels like it might be the most sensible time to to try that and to do it because the the yeah. prices their prices. Haven't, it's not like Trent's gone up to eight million. It's not like Salah's gone up to thirteen point five. You can pretty much buy them back for what you what they started at. Um, yeah, and there's other good assets, other good premium assets with with good fixtures. So. Yeah, I, I get the logic. I can see why people are doing it. I just, I do wonder if in three weeks' time people are going to be like, oh, crap, what have I done? Let's get my <laughs> Liverpool players back. <laughs> uh, coming back to team attack then. Um, obviously, uh, we've got uh, Leeds uh, in fourth. They've had a strong start to the season, but no game. Um, Spurs up in fifth. Um, they have regressed uh, in a bit in terms of direction on penalty per 90, down from 1.69 to 1.5a, but nothing to kind of, you know, be, be too worried about. Um, one of the biggest uh, improvements in non-penalty XG per 90 is Newcastle. They're up in seventh. They've gone from 1.11 to 1.52. Um, Isak's there now. He's I've seen him in quite a few wildcard yep. drafts. What do you make of Isak? Because Wilson is is going to be back, presumably, at some point. You know what he's like. He's probably getting injured again straight away, but... <laughs> do you think that means Isak moves out wide? Do you reckon he tries to accommodate them both in a in a two up top? I think he'll try to play them together uh, because I mean they've paid a lot of money for him. Mm. They've sort of they have him as an insurance when Wilson is injured, but I don't see him sort of dropping out. I mean, you could argue that his production would be lower if Wilson starts because Wilson is the greedier of the two, at least based on very small samples. But he looks like the guy who'll hang around the goal, and Isak could take a bit. You know, he could move left or he could be the support striker. We will see. We don't know that yet. What we do know is Isak plays one of the tastiest fixtures this game week. So I can see Wildcard is going there. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth at home is, at, is as good as it gets and it's an attack that is improving. Yeah, and if you're backing on a on a team for a clean sheet this week, it has to be Newcastle over to Bournemouth. Bournemouth for the worst attack um, in the league by a considerable margin. Actually, non penalty per 90 of 0.42. That puts them 20th just below Aston Villa, uh, 0.86. So... You know they're expected to score less than a goal every every other game, which is you know terrible. Newcastle are, are so strong at home, kind of um, as we know. Um, some of the drop-offs. I mean, West Ham are worth noting. Uh, they're 17th over the season so far. Really slow start 
um, for them. An XG non-penalty penalty of 1.47 last season. That's dropped to 0.96. So less than a goal expected um, every game. Paqueta's in now. Bowen's back on and on penalties. Skamaka, is he back now? He's kind of was in for a bit. Is he back from injury? Do you think this is uh, the time they even start improving? I think fixtures will bring form, right? I mean, people are sort of punting on Bowen or Paqueta because of the fact that they have pedigree. Paqueta has mm. great numbers in in his time in France. Um, and Bowen, we know what he did last season, right? And he's apparently also on penalties given Europa League uh, evidence. So people are sort of buying into the fixtures. But I think so far they have absolutely disappointed. I mean, it's not the start that we expected from them. And it's, it's not Europa League. Like you could have sort of blamed it on midweek games and tiredness but that's not the case either so it hasn't clicked but Bowen is playing I think just behind the striker so there is he is advanced enough that things could change but I don't have we haven't seen that yet they've had semi-tough fixtures so that people didn't go there uh, I mean they have played Man City and and I think uh, one other top four team so Look, things should change. And if you wanted to go for a bow and punt, you'll see in my wildcard draft, uh, it's something we've done. Because you're, again, calibrating. Game in, game week eight, good fixtures after that. And that sort of fits the bill. Yep, very good. Uh, Defence-wise, so City are top by loads. <laughs> Not really surprising. Interesting, their, their attack has has got worse with Haaland from from last year. I say worse, obviously we're only dealing with kind of small small numbers here. Um, but their defence has improved, even though Laporte's been out and they've been kind of rotating with Stones and Diaz and whoever else comes in. But 0.59, um, actually non penalty 90 is the highest. Arsenal in second, even though they've been conceding quite a few scrappy goals. The underlying stats point to a, a big defensive improvement, up from 1.29 uh, last season. And there's improvements for Spurs. And interesting, West Ham coming at fourth. So even though they've had this slow start to their attack and they haven't been going too well, defensively, they've looked pretty good. And Emerson is the one that I'm seeing in a lot of a lot of drafts. That feels like a trap, doesn't it? <laughs> it's the Cresswell situation. We just don't know what happens. I mean, there is some talk with fans that Emerson is the better wing back, so he should keep his place. But with these things, it's always I always go back to Bailey, right? I mean, one bad performance and you they miss out or the week that you really need them, they miss out. And the other thing with West Ham is again, a little bit of a nuanced long-term point, but basically the week where you need your bench, it will be the week that Man City blank, mm. which is your game week 12 against Arsenal, right? Because you'll probably bench Haaland or Cancelo or Martinelli. Emerson then has a tough fixture against Liverpool that same week. So he's not going to be the reliable bench fodder that you need when you actually really need yeah. them. So that's my issue with Emerson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Liverpool um, are in fifth. Not a huge drop-off from, from where they were last season. So they're still kind of, what, third in the in the attack data over the, over the season so far. They're fifth in defensive data, and the data isn't that much different from, from last season. Uh, so And they're going to get better, right? We're not expecting what we've seen over the last few Premier League games from Liverpool to continue. Um, we are expecting a kind of improvement from them over the international break. You know, players are back. You mentioned Thiago and, and things. So... Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see the, the people that have, have sold the players versus the ones that, that end up keeping them, just to see kind of where that where that goes. Uh, let's talk about some players in a bit more detail. Uh, we will cover just some of the players that are playing this week. Let's talk keepers first of all. Hey guys, Az here from FPL Black Box. Just a reminder, this episode is sponsored by NordVPN. If you've ever missed out on your favorite TV show because it's not available in your region, or if you want to improve your overall internet security, you should give NordVPN a try. If you're bored of UK Netflix, for example, why not try switching over to the US? 
or Japan, which is the quick of a button you can do just that. No need to travel to anywhere else for your favorite shows with 5,000 plus server options. Use the link nordvpn.com forward slash FPL and you receive a huge discount on a two-year plan. You also get one month free. Don't forget NordVPN also helps you keep secure and your info encrypted. We know privacy is a big deal, and so you don't need to worry when you use NordVPN about your IP or location getting out. Uh, using threat protection, you can also protect yourself from intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. The best thing about all this is there's literally no risk to you with the NordVPN 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, amazing. If you don't, you can get a refund and just pretend it never happened. Just go to nordvpn.com forward slash FPL and get your subscription started today. Pope, easiest choice ever on a wild card. Top of the goalkeeper stats, six points per game. Hoovering up bonus. Great XG prevented. Easy? It's hard to go against him <laughs> this week. Uh, when I'll wildcard next week, I'll make a case for Guaita, if I can, just because of fixtures. I mean, until the, wild, uh, un until the World Cup, their fixtures are unreal. Apart from Chelsea in the first game week, actually, which is game week nine. But apart from him, I don't see anybody else. So, you know, Pope, great, great option. And I think uh, when he starts to become 5.2, 5.3, then you start to question, is he Edison good or is yeah. he Allison good? But apart from that, I think nothing wrong with him. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Guaito. He's got one of the worst expected goal prevented so far of, of keepers. Um, only Travers. Travers 6.4, <laughs> minus 6.4. Uh, terrible. And of course, Danny Ward, uh, minus 3.5 um, as well. But... It's interesting with, with Guaita because obviously defensive stats have them as rock bottom um, this season in terms of the amount of, of chances they're, they're allowing. Guaita's not really been in form. Um, they've looked good, I thought, Palace for, you know, in, in a yeah. lot of games, 2-0 up against City, for example, but they are struggling to keep shots away and Guaita's struggling to save them. So again, that's kind of similar to Bowen, right? That's where you've got to look at the fixtures and, and hope that you can predict a, a kind of a, a change. Um, in things, but yeah, if I if I was wildcarding now, I think Pope is pretty much um, locked on. Um, what do you think about a kind of a rotating goalkeeper pairing? I mean, Sanchez and, and Raya, for example, that would that would be the same as like a Pope and a, an award. Would that be yeah. something that would would tempt you, or would you just go for the one? I just over the years, I've just always been burnt because keepers get their points in the difficult games where they've kept an unexpected clean sheet and, you know, had nine saves and you have a 15-pointer. And in the easy games, they get a clean sheet, six points or nothing. So it's, I, I just, you know, I, I don't hate it if somebody comes up with a great rotation, especially now that Pope is 5.2 million. So you could argue that two 4.5s are good enough. But I just look, uh, yeah. I'm not a fan. There's so many good keepers at 5 million this year. I mean, Mendy is all right. Uh, if he gets fit, Ramsdale is fine. Then you have the, the Reyes and stuff. So look, I don't think you need to rotate. You just put somebody in. It's until the, wild, uh, the World Cup anyway. Pope or Guaita, Rea, I think just have one of those and that's fine. Yeah, I think you're always looking for kind of three three things with a goalkeeper. It's, you know, do they do they defend well, does the team defend well as, as a thing? Are they likely to get spanked kind of 8-0 or are they likely to keep like 1-0s or 2-0s? Well, Pope checks checks that box. Does he make a lot of saves? Well, he's made the joint most saves in the league. So that's an extra weight for points. Does he do well on the, ba on the baseline bonus? It's Nick Pope. He always does well on the baseline bonus because he makes loads of recoveries. I think he's made the most recoveries in the league um, as well. 
and the most saves. He's playing for a good defensive side. And we've seen from the fixture ticker, there's good fixtures as well. So I just don't really know why you would go elsewhere. I mean, I've got Henderson, um, who I think is okay. He's a bit cheaper. He's got, you know, good baseline bonus. You know, he, he's making a lot of saves, but he hasn't got that stability that Newcastle have to actually keep teams out. Forest, if yeah. Forest keep a clean sheet, that's going to be a rare thing to, to happen. Here's the first test, basically, yeah. which is keep exactly clean keep clean sheets. Yeah. So I think Pope for me is, is the one I'll go for. Um, defenders, let's take a look at these. So, you know, some of the players that we're kind of looking at, I mean, Trippier is, is, is being bought by a lot of people. Um, a points per 90 of five is, is ranks highly amongst defenders. Um, chance created per 90, 1.83. That puts him in the top 10. Um, of all defenders as well. He scored the one goal, the free kick, so we know he's got the, the set pieces. Uh, I think he's up to 5-2 now, is he? Or is he up to 5-2? Five, yep. th- five, yeah. I mean, he's in pretty much every wildcard team I'm seeing. It's hard to overlook him, isn't it? I think he's go- heading towards 30% ownership as well. He will be very well owned. I mean, even people not on wildcard will be heading for him because there is just an opportunity. And the thing is, he has essentially monopoly of the set pieces, uh, especially, you know, the free kicks, uh, some corners, and as they play easier games, they will be more further up the pitch, yeah. more free kicks, more corners. He's just going to be in the bonus, you know, potentially getting... He is the guy who we hoped sort of James would be or yeah. Trent would be and hope hope he can deliver. 38% ownership. So he's, he's even... He's obviously got a lot of new owners kind of over, over the last week. It's, it's amazing. I mean, more and more people, you can tell within FPL, more and more people are engaged, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. someone like Trippier is quite an obvious pick that, that we'd say, but a few years ago, he wouldn't have grown with the level of ownership that, that he has now. And yeah, it just shows that the level of engagement is, is much higher. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the defenders and I'm struggling to find anyone that exciting that I would bring in. Um, I mean, the, the three defenders that I would pick who I'll talk about my wildcard are I just I think quite simple, quite simple ones to go for. Is there anyone that that you like? I mean, not just for this week, but kind of going forward. You think about Perisic, for example. He's 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 up there, right up there, as he always will be this season. But I don't know. I got off him. He's disappointed on on XG, so he's not been as threatening as one would have thought. And his relationship with Sun. I mean, my my boy Andy uh, on Burning Questions. He's a big Sun fan, as people know. He's quite frustrated with the way Perisic plays and uh, he sort of takes away Sun's role uh, mm. a lot. He bypasses him, crosses the ball. So Sun is al- almost moving out, uh, you know, is not involved in the play as much. And then he gets frustrated and he's breaking up the play. So therefore, Sun is getting much more impacted when Perisic plays. And if Perisic isn't going to be delivering the same returns as a James or a Trent or a, uh, even a Trippier that we expect, He's already an X minutes risk. So then you're sort of thinking, do I really want to go there unless it's a short-term punt? That's the issue, I think, with Perisic. Otherwise, if you look at the stats table, you have a Spurs left wing back as a superb asset because you see Sessegnon here as well on a per 90 basis and you yep. see Perisic here. Yep. So if they morphed into one player that played every week, then you get an Alonso yeah. and then they're the best player in the game. But we don't have that. So therefore, I think Spurs are a little out. Robertson has disappointed. He's obviously yep. injured now till the end of the international break. I don't know what's happened. Simikas looked beautiful, by the way, yesterday against Ajax. Not that he'll take Robertson's place, but he'll continue to be that threat which will eat up minutes from Robertson. So that's sort of out. People are taking Trent out right now, and, and we don't know if that's sort of if, how quickly they bring him back. So, yeah, we've gone from having seven, eight def- uh, defenders game week one to basically having three now. Uh, and, you know, this is how FPL changes very yeah. quickly. I think you make a great point about Perisic there because 
you know, Perisic's points per 90 of 7.98 is the second highest amongst all defenders. So Chilwell is 15.97, I think, which is absolutely crazy. It's what like he was last season. Whenever he plays, he seems to deliver huge hauls, but you never really know when absolutely. it's gonna when it's gonna come. But I mean, look at Perisic's shot per 90, 0.32. Now that is one of the lowest of all the defenders in the league. Chances created is one of the highest, 2.55. So open play crosses is one of the highest, exactly like you say. But that's not why we bought Perisic at the start of the season. Yeah. We bought Perisic because we thought he was going to be smashing up the you know central areas, taking loads of shots. And really, that XGI non-penalty per 90 needs to be double what it is at 0.34. I want to see that at 0.6, 0.7, before I think that's going to be worth running that kind of rotation risk with, with Session yeah, Arms. Yeah, absolutely. so it's not for me. I completely agree. Anyone else on this list that you like to look up? Um, in terms of defenders, no. I think they were, they will be some popular picks at this sub five million bracket. Just you know who you go for is is completely dependent on the team, the time of the, uh, the you know when you're wildcarding. So people will look at Fofana. Now I know Fofana isn't starting tonight, but he could be a potential budget mm. gem at four point four. People are looking at Dalo. He's got great attacking numbers uh, playing for Man United, even with tougher fixtures easily somebody you can rotate um, and then you have sort of uh, Guehi Palace again coming back to the great fixtures he's I think 4.4 4.3 so there are lots of options in the 4.5 million Botman is 4.4 so you know you could go there to sort of put some uh, budget in midfield which I think there will be a need for when we come to the midfielders yeah absolutely and and going back to the XGI non-penny per 90 the the defenders like Mark and I talked about last week it's I mean you know Estupinen's at the highest 0.46 was only started two games and then it drops off to the 0.3 mark whereas you know last season we had Trent sort of like 0.6 with James you know around that as well we had defenders you know premium defenders much higher in terms of attacking potential um, as well and we kind of need that if we're going to be spending this much money on them because like you mentioned when you come to the midfielders so many options really that are, that are beating those kind of attacking, um, you know, kind of instincts with them. I mean, De Bruyne is at the top of the list, 0.79. He's the kind of the really popular asset. That's where a lot of Salah owners are are going to. Salah's down at 0.68, which is still high. Like, it's still like elite numbers for, for someone like him. Um, I'm going to ask you about oh, is your, your laptop running out of battery. Sorry. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Is that because I switched laptops before we started? You know, when I was doing the scout cast years ago, um, I think it was like my third stream, um, exactly the same thing. I was on my laptop, and then I and then the little no power sign came on, and so I literally took my laptop and ran down the stairs and like plugged it in. And of course, everyone <laughs> saw me like panicked and then running down. It. I think it got made into like a, a gif or something, but I know I know the panic, and then I, I think managed I, it. Yeah, a lot one percent. Yeah, good. Yeah, and uh, same thing happened to um, Eggerstoff, Jay Eggerstoff. He gave a yes, whole I tour of his, his house. That was a, that was the best one. That was a full <laughs> tour of his of his house. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, so De Bruyne, the top of, top of the list. Uh, I started the season with him. Um, I thought he could match Haaland, at, le- at least initially at the starts. I feel a bit unlucky when I look at these kind of numbers and think, you know, this is an XGI non penalty for ninety of zero point seven nine. For De Bruyne, that is that's got to be the highest it's it's ever been for him um, yeah. in the league. But then he has a game like that Palace game where he plays a lot deeper, and it's just really frustrating. It's the role, yeah. And and the, look, I mean, we saw with the with the City numbers that they are slightly down, 
And it's the fact that they, for for the first time that we remember since Aguero that they have a talisman. He is hogging mm. up most of the goals. So he's creating the chances, but he'll always be the guy. So it's sort of, I feel like he'll be a great pick, but he'll never be the Haaland pick. So you're sort of, do you want to diversify your premium or do you want to sort of put your both the eggs in the same basket? That's my issue with De Bruyne. But I think as a second premium, he's put his hand up. He's definitely up there. Better underlines than Salah, but than Kane. So why not? Yep. I mean, look at someone like Diaz, for example. I mean, Diaz at 0.37. That is so low. You know, Mount, yeah. 0.25. You know, where's he been? But look at Bowen in 69th, 0.21. That is, you know, he's, he's not in the top 10 for any, you know, shot per 90, chance created, you know, points. He's got no goals, no assists all season. I mean, I know we thought 8.5 was, was probably a bit too much for him, but I would have expected something from him by now. Yeah, yeah, he's been the surprise because you would have thought he would have kicked on from an almost 200-point season. I mean, you, that that's not a coincidence if you have an no. almost 200-point season. So to go from there to now having penalties, uh, you know, we think, but not being as effective. I mean, I don't know if there's something in David Moyes' play this season that we're going to be more defensively solid because he was known for that years past at Everton, Man United. But they were they were attacking. I don't I don't know what what's happened. Maybe it's a fixtures play. So I I do see people going there, purely punty, not based on any underlyings. Just going look, we'll see. It, it should turn around. Yeah, I mean my, my rule with players like Bowen is I want to see something from them, just to start that kind of particularly earlier in the season, because if you get in Bowen, okay, he's easy to move on to a Diaz, but you're not going to want to because he's always going to have good yeah. fixtures. But if he continues to disappoint you know, gets early subs or whatever, and his price drops even more. You're losing money on him. You're not transferring out because of the fixtures. That's the kind of play you, I've ended up being stuck with kind of in the past. So for me, I know the fixtures are good, but there just isn't enough there to make me think that it's suddenly all going to turn around for him. Yeah. And and Seb was talking on the, on the scout cast about Paqueta at, at 6 million. And I actually think he's a nicer punt for people that are looking to, to tap into West Ham because he's cheaper and, you know, we, we, he's not struggling at the start of the season. He's going to come into the team and, you know, paid £50 million for him. League uh, one, you know, foreign player of the year last season, beating, you know, Messi and, and Neymar as well. So, yeah. you know, he's being sniffed around by a lot of teams as well. So they both feel really punty. But in that kind of situation, I think I'd be tempted to go with the cheaper one. Obviously not on this list yet. Maybe, maybe. I mean, if you wanted to spin the narrative, you could say Paqueta would make Bowen a better asset. But again, True. the issue is, yep. the issue I go back to is this game week 12 blank, which is Man City and Arsenal. And you want a player that you can play then and not be a problem then. And again, West Ham play Liverpool. So whether you have Paqueta or Bowen, if you have Bowen, you'll probably have to sort of shift him out to a Zaha or somebody else. So it's like a very short-term punt and then you go to a Zaha. Uh, Paqueta maybe is benchable, but then you want to bench other City and Arsenal players as well. So there's that's where I'm a little stuck. And I can see that in game week eight wildcards, people could go for Bowen. Game week nine wildcard, people will just say, OK, I don't want to go there. I'll just go Zaha straight. Mm. Yeah, no, I, that's kind of what I think as well. Uh, Zaha's numbers look good, right? I mean, in your, in your table, uh, which you've just passed. But Zaha <laughs> is sort of outperforming... Our, our, our big guns. I mean, he's outperforming Martinelli, yep. Foden. Those are very, very good. Numbers. Rashford, who everyone's saying, you, you know, is looking attacking. So I think he is being sort of ignored, but I feel like Zaha will be a pick that will be very heavily owned by game week uh, 10. Yeah, he's he still feels like he's going under the radar 
Zaha. I mean, he's got four yeah. goals this season, which is the joint most of all uh, midfielders, um, along with McAllister, somehow. I never would have predicted <laughs> that, obviously. Um, oh, no, Madison's got on that start. Uh, there's only McAllister. There's one other who's got four as well. Uh, Rodrigo, obviously, who's, who, then got, who then got injured. And then, and then it's Zaha. Zaha's in the top 10 for shots per 90, um, having loads of those shots in the box um, as well. His chances created is decent. You know, 6.33 points a game. I mean, for 7 million, that's, he's, a, he's a good pick, isn't he, I think? Right, right, yeah. right. The other player I like, and every year I get obsessed with a certain player, and I have to end up just bringing them in because I get so annoyed when they score and I haven't got them. Um, but that's Sinistera in second. I, f- I just think he's great. I mean, next year on Penitent per 90 of 0.7. That's second highest um, in the league. Only two starts but two goals in those two starts. Keeps getting subbed off early, but you think he yeah. was injured and now he's going to have a long old rest before international break. Fixtures are decent for, for Leeds. I want him. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, in that price bracket, you have Ward Prowse, you have um, maybe Gibbs White, but these are all, I mean, fair, steady, Eddie players. Yeah. Sounds a little bit more exciting. But then fixtures are okay, not not the best. You could sort of say Southampton have slightly better fixtures, but for us, but there's not much in it. I think I think Sinister is is a fine pick. Uh, obviously, Seb and others will have a better opinion on his minutes. Uh, it's annoying to have him being subbed off, but he does feel like the Rafinha replacement that they wanted, right? Yeah. And this was why people were talking other people off Rodrigo in the first place, because you have uh, Aronson, you have Sinistera, you have Harrison and Bamford. I mean, that's that's the four that they want attacking yeah. and if he's part of that he should be in and amongst the goals yeah I mean for me I mean around 6.5 I think he's it's still Martinelli probably the standout because you know of, of the, the, the way he's started the season but then I think it's Sinistera for me I mean you've got Rashford at, at 6.5 what do you make of that do you think he he keeps his place longer term with Martial uh, there yeah so Ma- Martial will always be a threat because Anthony and Sancho will be the, the <clears throat> excuse me the guys who flank so he can keep doing well and keep his place, but he's one game bad, one bad game away from you know Martial playing or Ronaldo playing, and that's that's the issue. Um, so you need sort of a injured Martial mm. to be comfortable holding a Rashford. Yeah, no, I agree, absolutely. Uh, looking at eight million mids, then this is just a kind of a side by side comparison. This is one of the decisions that a lot of people are making. Uh, I just stuck Saka Bowen and Madison in there. Obviously, Diaz is is around yeah. as well, but hasn't got a game this week. But look, I mean, it's if you're picking an eight million midfielder based on stats, you have to pick Saka <laughs> because he is winning on every category. You know, shots, shots in the box, big chances, chances created, touches in the box, crosses, baseline bonus, xi non penalty, minutes per point. He is absolutely smashing Bowen and Madison across all of these metrics, and yet. I'm not seeing it. I'm I'm seeing more people going with Bowen and Madison over Saka. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, that's simply because they're going for this formation of, um, uh, you know, Isak plus KDB. You could equally look at a formation where you have Kane and Saka. So basically, just swap the mm. the, the positions around. And uh, the, the issue with Saka is obviously you have to sell him. He's his blank is coming. He plays Liverpool soon. But the next two are fine. I mean, you know, Brentford are a team that is this year pretty open. So their XG conceded is is you know bottom ten, I think, if I remember correctly. So it's it, it's a definitely an attacking fixture. And then North London derby uh, game week nine. 
again, there's always historically been goals in that fixture. So Saka for the next two is is a perfectly fine shout. Yeah, I like him. I mean, he's only blanked in two games this season. I know he hasn't hit kind of you know big numbers, but you know it's been a, a pretty steady start for him. And he's he's be, he's obviously overshadowed by Jesus in that big game yeah. where he, he got huge points. But you know Odegaard's even had a brace. Martin's been doing well, but you know Saka has been kind of ticking along sort of quite nicely. 11% ownership as well. He now kind of is a differential. Uh, his price has fallen a little bit as well. And unlike Bowen, the stats are just really, really encouraging. So for me, out of these three, I, I would lean towards towards Saka, um, I think. And he's probably the one that I'm going to end up bringing in. What do you think of your boy Foden? You own Foden, right? I do. I do own Foden. Yeah, I, I haven't got him on this list because I, I, he's not really being talked about too much because obviously people are going for the De Bruyne, Haaland and, and Cancelo kind of triple. It, he's all right, Foden. He's I don't like he's him on the left. Tonight. Sorry, he's missing out tonight. He's missing out so he tonight. Good. Start. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. Start on Saturday. Yeah. I think he's I think he's important for for City still. I think you know his his link up play with with Haaland is is improving. Um, I just don't like it when he gets stuck out wide left, and yeah. you know what you want is for Grealish to to come in and and sort of really start showing that he's worth that hundred million they paid for him. Because I think that would pretty much cement Foden out on on the right. I think he's he would be ahead of Mares if, if Pep had to pick one of them. But I think as long as Foden drifts over to the left and is is playing that role because he's trying different kind of players there, he's frustrating, very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the thing with City is this season they're they're trying this inverted fullbacks and some games Cancelo and Walker are both sort of inverted, and so the width is only provided by Foden and whoever's playing on the right. So that basically makes them completely useless they're hugging the touchline the whole game i mean they're doing stuff for the team but not for mm. fantasy so that's the issue but Foden's a fine pick i think if <clears throat> somebody wanted to go for a one-week punt he's going to start against wolves i think i think it's not a bad shot at all but if you're talking longer term i think taking fixtures into account taking the fact that they have a blank coming up i think then saka or, or a punt for a madison or a bowen um, yeah. maybe is better i'd want three city whatever happens so if i if i'm going for kane and harlan's then I probably would find a spot for for Foden in there because I'd want to have Foden, you know, Cancelo and and Haaland as, as the three. If I had De Bruyne and I was looking for an eight million, then I would go for for Saka. And obviously, I'd have to because I couldn't get Foden as well. I'd have four C if I could, but you know, we can't right. we can't right. do that. Yeah, uh, just a, a quick thing on Foden on the um, list of midfielders, he's thirteenth. Uh, next year, on penalty for 90 of 0.5, which is high, which is good. That's, you know, where you want to see your kind of 8 million. I think it's the highest of all the 8 million mids. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, just about. Yeah, Saka is, Saka is 0.46, uh, for example. Uh, forwards, then. Let's just take a quick look at this. I mean, Haaland at the top, absolutely ridiculous. Top of everything. <laughs> Hexia non penalty for 90 of 1.19. Uh, points per 90 of 12.54. Uh, is that nearly as good as Chilwell? Maybe not quite as good as Chilwell. <laughs> <laughs> Just shows how many points Chilwell's got when he when he starts. Yeah. Uh, but looking at you know some of the other players, I mean Isaks, they're only two starts, but 0.78. Um, you know, Richarlison has come in and is, is doing really well. Uh be interesting to see what, what team Conte goes with the weekend now that they struggled in that last game. Uh, but 0.86 yeah. uh for him. Obviously, Nunes is high, but only started two games, but 1.04. Mitrovic quite far down I think you know take away the penalties 0.5 for him and Tony 0.5 as well but I mean these are still good numbers right these are still the yeah. numbers we want to see from forwards they're not creators anymore they're actually scoring <laughs> correct 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 I mean 
we're blessed as we've mentioned before this year is the year of the forward again and it's actually nice to see right i mean you want forwards in your fantasy team because they play closest to the goal so it's been good and and they're also the fact that i mean I, these are non-pen but you know somebody like a mitrovic great at pens somebody like a tony great mm. at pens so you add that as well to their locker and they're extremely good picks and i think you could you couldn't go wrong with a Mitro, Haaland, and a third, whether that's Isak, whether that's Kane, whether that's Tony. There's just so many. Solanke even. I mean, Solanke missed out a few games from injury. But again, Bournemouth have a fantastic run. You don't have to start him every game. But if you want that dependable guy who can come on if City blank or if Liverpool is playing City. So you have that. So I think there's lots and lots of good options. There is. I mean, you mentioned Kane. I mean, Kane's at 0.71, which is, you know, Anything above 0.6 is is kind of like elite Great. elite levels. Yeah. You know they're, they're going to be pretty much getting you something every every game. Um, Kane and Jesus both locked on on 0.71. Um, Jesus, I don't think has done anything wrong for for my side. I think he's you know he, he could have had more points, but he's been really attacking in all the games that I've wanted him, him to, in, you know in the games I've seen him play. But I'm looking at swapping him over for Kane, who's a lot more money. That, and again, it's another gamble, right? It's like taking out all the Liverpool players and taking out Jesus. I mean, you mentioned effective ownership. Well, Jesus's effective ownership isn't dropping that much. He's still at, what, 70%. Is it too much of a gamble to be taking him out? Not really. I think I think there will be a movement out of Jesus after this week. Uh, people are holding on for Brentford, which is, I think, the right thing to do. But after this, I just... You know, North London derby can be anything. It can be a 2-2-3-3. It can be a nil-nil. Because Conte... Conte does well against tough teams. Um, then you have Liverpool, then you have the blank. So you can definitely see there's only one game in between. I think that's Southampton where, yes, you could miss out on points. But hopefully the guy you get instead, because there's so many options, will do well as well. So I'm not really worried about losing Jesus after this week. Uh, but if you're doing it this week, then you sort of are hoping that he doesn't do anything against Brentford, which is sort of risky. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, just to look at some of the forwards kind of side by side. Uh, we did share this last week, um, but this is your kind of your, your mid, midder price. Midder? Midder price? That's not a word. You know what I mean, uh, Jesus, Mitrovic, Tony um, and Isak. Uh, again, they kind of all giving slightly different kind of things. Uh, for us, um, Jesus has created the most chances. For example, he's had the most touches in the box. Um, as well, uh, Mitrovic is the one having the most shots with 27 and the most shots in the box uh, with 22. And then Tony's kind of somewhere in the middle of, of kind of everything. He can create chances, having shots as well. Um, like Mitrovic, he's got the penalties too. I mean, if you look at the stats, Isak is the one that doesn't really kind of stand out. I mean, he's had he's having the most big chances uh, per 90, 1.78. Uh, and his XGI non-penalty per 90 is the highest, but he's obviously only had two games, so it's kind of hard to judge. Yeah. And we haven't seen him alongside with Wilson. Correct. Limited sample on Isak, but I think, yeah, for me, the most important one is XGI per 90, as long as they've had equal minutes, which they haven't. So yep. I think with Isak, it's, you're basically taking a leap of faith with good fixtures. So fantastic this week with Bournemouth. And then I think, again, another two good fixtures that he has. After that, you move him if, if, he, if Wilson's back. or Because I think if Wilson's back and they're playing together then Wilson will be the better pick as long as he stays fit. So it's a bit like a dilemma where you go for the the fitter guy who will probably be less attacking or you go for the Wilson who you may get injured whenever you yeah. own him. So that'll be the tricky part. Yeah. Who, if you had to pick two of these, who would you go for? I, if I'm picking game week nine onwards, it's Mitrovic and... Tony, because Tony would have played Arsenal mm. and then and then he starts his new run. If I'm picking this week, I'm picking Mitrovic and Isak. 
if I'm picking four, you know, four <laughs> weeks down the line after game week 12 blank, then it's back to Jesus and Mitrovic. So, as I, you know, all these guys are attractive at different points in the season. Yeah. You sort of I just have to jump on at any point, yeah, at the right point. That's going to be, isn't it? That kind of switcheroo. And, you know, we, we've seen people doing that with, with obviously premium price players in the past, you know, late risers with uh, his upside chasing, you know, but it almost feels like you can do that with the mid-price forwards now who at the start of the yeah. season were all saying we're crazily overpriced and we weren't going to get any of them and all this. And now here we are saying there's four options and we can't really decide which ones to, to go for. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I put together a, a cheat sheet for this week. Um, if you don't remember these from last season, basically I look at a combination of XGI uh, and fixture um, difficulty and kind of assign a, a score. It's not an exact science. I'm not trying to claim this is this is like the best thing ever. Um, but I think, you know, particularly for people who are on a, on a free hit, which I think, you know, some people might be are, or people that are looking for, a, you know, to, to bring in players, it's, it's a useful, I think, a useful guide as to who, are, who the kind of stats think that are going to, you know, kind of get the most points. So Richarlison's actually top. His XGI data right. is, is really strong and obviously Leicester are really poor. He's ahead of Kane um, on that as well. But Richarlison and Kane um, this week are, you know, looking at my my logistics are the two most likely players to get your points. And then it's Jesus in third. So a player that I'm I'm looking to sell. Um Isak in fourth, Haaland down in, in fifth. Wolves have looked okay defensively. Obviously it's it's City and it's you know impossible to know how many goals they're gonna score against anyone. Uh Mope in sixth. Not a striker that we've talked about and I right, don't think we, right. we should. Uh, down in sixth and Mitrovic um, in seventh. But what I was surprised by right the way down in twentieth is, is Ivan Tony. Um, and that's a combination of, you know, an XGI, which is sort of 0.5, which is OK, but there's obviously a lot higher than, than that. And the fact that Arsenal was such a good sort of defensive side. So if you are free hitting this week, I don't think Tony really enters into the yeah, picture. Yeah. I mean, they've been a second best defence so far. Now, obviously, fixtures bring that. Uh, Arsenal have had a nice run in the first, first seven game weeks or first six game weeks. But yeah, I don't think this is the week. Not to say that Tony won't score. Brentford have been very, yeah. very exciting actually this year. Um, so you, you can actually, I mean, in my predictions, in my score prediction, I've predicted Brentford to score a goal. And if they score a goal, he should be involved. But yeah, you're not predicting a brace or anything more than that, which easily Mitrovic against Forrest or Isak against Bournemouth can do. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're, if you're picking three strikers on a free hit, I think you go for... Two, three, and four. Um, no, because that doesn't include Haaland. I think you definitely go for Kane. You definitely go for Haaland. And then it's Jesus or Isak, I think, as a... Or, or Mitrovic against Forrest. Or Mitrovic. It is, isn't it? It's really tough. I mean, if you're picking on a free hit... If you're picking on a free hit, the three players that my <laughs> cheat sheet suggests, are Kane, Jesus, and Isak, that have been going out of, without Haaland and without Mitrovic. If I'm picking three for this week, I'm probably going Kane, Mitrovic, and Haaland. I think. See, this is why it's, it sucks that Sun is not an option. Yeah. Because then instead of Kane, you go Sun Absolutely. and then you pick two of those. And it sucks that last year we got burnt by having Kane and not Sun. And now, you know, people are getting burnt by, you know, Sun is not an option anymore when we really want him in the structure. Uh, well, I mean, I, yeah, ideally, I, I yeah, I mean, ideally with my team, I'd just do Salah to Son. And, yeah. and that would be it. But I'm, I'm having to take Jesus out to get Kane as well, who this table shows is pretty likely to get some some pretty decent returns against against Brentford. So I'm under Mark's instructions to give you a hard time when it comes to your team. No, I'm you? not, 
you're gonna have to convince me why Jesus needs to be sold before Brentford at uh, oh, but it's Brentford away. It's all it's all right when it's Mark because he's ranked lower than me, so I can I can <laughs> bat it back. Not with you at bloody 194k. That's not fair at all. <laughs> no wonder he's no wonder he's missed out. Can I just say karma from New York, Mark? This is the yeah. definition of of karma. Um, I think getting ill. Hope, hope Somebody you feel mentioned that not taking you to New York. And, yeah, you know, here exactly. Yeah. Hope you feel better. Hope you feel better, Mark. <laughs> um, one table that Mark has put together, um, that's on his deathbed, that's a bit a bit harsh, on his fever bed, uh, is quite an interesting um, table of quality of chances per shot um, of this season compared to uh, last year. So what this tells you is when a player is shooting, what are the chance, what, how good an area is that position basically for, for that player? How good a quality of, of chance are, are they actually getting? Because... Obviously, a player can have lots of shots, but like you're not going to see McAllister featuring high on this list because all of his shots are from outside the box and have an extra of like 0.01 or whatever. Um, last season, Cody had the best um, extra per shot per 90. I imagine because he didn't take many shots and when they did, they yeah. tended to go in. Um, but Sterling, interesting, in second, 0.23. He's second this year as well. So, right. you know, the, and he we, scored tonight. And he scored tonight as well. So, I mean, Sterling is definitely someone under Potter that I'm going to be looking at. And I think he's someone really interesting that we can kind of move towards um, as well with Salah not kind of being an option. You know, I know it's it'd be difficult to, to go for Sterling this week, even if they had the Liverpool game um, because, you know, they're playing Liverpool. But, you know, from when they get back, I think Sterling is going to be a really intriguing option he misses chances that's what he does right. he's gonna he, he's a frustrating player he misses chances but when the quality of his chances are as high as this i think you've got to kind of take note yeah yeah exactly i mean i think what what you overlay on top of this which basically gets you to the xg number in the first place is the volume as well right i mean so so cody had limited volume but very good xg chances and therefore he was up here and then you have at the other end of it sterling who'll sort of be involved but get those tap-ins at City, but it remains to be seen his role at, at Chelsea and how he sort of keeps this up. I mean, my question to you is, tonight, it sounds like Sterling's playing the Trossard role. Mm. Now, of course, this, this may change if Chilwell starts or, or, you know, but A, can he do that? And B, is he an FPL pick if he plays a Trossard role where he's, you know, almost defending as a left wing is, back? Is he, but is he definitely playing a left wing back? Because a few people have said that he's playing um, as a winger. Uh, he is when he's attacking. He's a winger. Obviously, we're not watching the game, but uh, let's assume that it's a Trossard role. Okay. Would Would you think he's a good pick or not? No, no, because no. I, I don't. I don't think you want a Sterling with any defensive duties. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised because it's Potter in, in how he'd, he'd play him, but I would be surprised really because I think you know Chelsea are struggling uh, from from an attack perspective. They haven't got a huge amount of of. You know, great options that can that can score goals. I mean, they've got a Bamayang in, but I I doubt whether he's really going to have a huge impact there. Havertz isn't really a pick. You're on the right, Mount's been struggling. Ziyech, Sterling's their main, going to be their main source of goals, I think, in that side. And and Trossard was always our kind of creator, so it didn't matter too much where we kind of deployed him. But if he does, if he ever deploys Sterling at left wing back, I think they that's taking out a big big asset for them attacking wise. I right. don't think Potter would do that, but you never know. Right. Within. Okay, well, Joe, Joe Freire in the chat says average position suggests Sterling is the furthest forward. Okay. So take it back. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what we expect, right? He expect We expect Sterling to be there as the attacking outlet uh, for, for Potter's Chelsea. I actually think Mount could be interesting as well. Mm. I mean, I'm thinking... I'm thinking, who's the gross equivalent? And that's Mount, right? I mean, on, on free kicks, on, on, on other set pieces, should be involved, works really hard, 
we'll see. We'll see if Mount becomes an option again as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, there's a few other interesting things I, I picked up from this this chart that Mark's put together as well. If you look at last year, you've got to go right down to 150th on the list to find Ivan Tony, which is interesting <laughs> in itself, um, at 0.10 xG per shot non-penalty. So down to 150th. Whereas to get to 0.10 this year, you've only got to go down to 24th, which is Danny Welbeck. Right. So it seems that players that so far this season are having less good chances to score. That's not very good English, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the quality yeah. of chances from a shot is, is a lot lower than it was last year, which is interesting, especially when you look at someone like City, whose attack has kind of regressed. And there's quite a few teams that attack has regressed in terms of XG um, per 90. Can you read anything into that? Do you think? Is it just too early? To tell? I think it's a little too early, given that maybe the chances have been spread out initially, or I, I, I don't really know one reason that would happen. Um, I'm trying to think, is it is it a case of teams generally being more attacking? So I, I was actually looking at this stat, which uh, the guys at Above Average FPL talked about, which is more teams have a higher XG per match than ever before. So the top 11, 12 mm. teams have a greater than 1.2 XG compared to other seasons where basically below eight, the teams are just not, are completely toothless. So maybe it has something to do with that. Um, but I don't, I sort of think it's just a data anomaly at yeah. this stage. Yeah. A few things just to keep your eye on though. I mean, Martinelli, um, XG per shot per 90 of 0.08. That's really low. It was 0.15 yeah. last season. So that's halved. Bowen, 0.09. It was 0.17 last season. Right. So again, it's halved. Uh, Son, 0.10, down from 0.19 last season. You talked about him, you know, when Perisic, shots, yeah. Yeah, Perisic kind of eating into it. Um, but just one interesting one is, is Salah. So the quality of Salah's shots he's having at 0.15 is identical to what it was last season. So it doesn't indicate that when he is shooting, he's getting the chances in the same kind of areas and he's shooting in the same way, but just not quite falling for him. It's the volume issue, right? Yeah. Again, uh, going back to Salah's not getting the touches in the box, so he's not having as many shots, so the volume is in there, and which basically adds up to the fact that the XGI is in there as, as, as a total. Yep. I mean, his shots per 90 of 2.83 isn't bad. It's in the top 10 of, of midfielders, but there's a lot of players that have, you know, more than moving Cavallio per 90 is having, you know, four four shots. You know, Rodrigo is at 4.79. Even De Bruyne is having more shots per 90 than, than Salah, and that's normally the the main metric. Yeah. Normally he has loads of shots and converts some of them. Um, he's not the most clinical finisher, but gets enough. Whereas, yeah, like you say, this season, that's not really happening and the volume's dropped. But what the stats tell you are that if he starts having more shots and he keeps up that, you know, that extra shot per 90, he's getting those in those same positions. He will start hitting the highs that he did last season. So don't, okay. don't give up on, don't give up on Mo yet, I think is the basic <laughs> uh, method. Not that anyone would. Um, fixtures. Let's take a look at the game week fixtures ahead of game week eight. We've done our predictions. I've got them from Mark um, as well. Uh, just seven uh, this week. We've all gone completely different on the first game. Uh, the really? wonderful Friday night game of Aston Villa versus Southampton. Uh, I've gone for a Villa win. You've gone for a draw. Mark's gone for a Southampton win. There you go. That, sh that, sums, that sums up this game, doesn't it? Who knows who's going to win this one? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. But look, you know, when I was when I was looking at this prediction, I mean, there's somewhere I need to look at data and then see how can I back up my prediction. And, and this one, Southampton are very good this year defensively. Mm. I was really surprised. They're like top eight, I think, defensively. So it's not going to be easy. And I went for an Aston Villa goal because generally they're they can be more attacking at home and it's an away game for Southampton. But 
I think I think they they'll give them a game. So I I feel like this is going to be tight and you know I won all was my guess. Yeah, I was disappointed with Southampton versus Wolves. I thought that would be a game that they could they could win. But, you know, they restrict Wolves because they they don't score many goals and and you know they've looked quite decent from an attacking perspective. But they lost Lavia, didn't they? And you know to to when he just scored yeah. and and things and they they just I think they're just going to be quite an unpredictable team. So yeah, I'm I'm backing Villa in this one. But I wouldn't be too surprised if if there was. A... Reading between the lines, you're predicting a Dean Hall. Then is that right? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> basically, basically, yeah. It's going to be a Dean assist and a a new bandwagon for him, and then it'll be four consecutive one points and a red card or something like that. That's absolutely probably what's going to happen. Uh, Forest Fulham. Uh, you and I have both gone for a Forest win. I've gone for a two-one. You've gone for a three-one. Mark, bless him. A Fulham win I've gone for. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I said, didn't I? Oh, sorry. sorry. I think um, maybe that's what I said. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. You and I have both gone for a Fulham win. Uh, yeah. Mark, bless him, has gone for a Forest a Forest win uh, of two-one. I just think what you've got are two very different systems here, right? You've got a Forest yeah. team that don't really know how to play to each other's strengths, and you've got a Fulham team that know exactly how to play to Mitrovic's strengths. So. Right. You could get a bit of a wild card result and, and Forrest could, could win, but my head tells me Fulham are going to win this one. Yeah, I think we all agree there's going to be goals. No one's keeping a clean sheet. And uh, yeah, I just think Fulham are a better attack. So that was that was where I went with. What was the results last year in the championship when Forrest played Fulham? There you go. How's that for putting you on the spot? I can't imagine. <laughs> if you'd known that. If you'd known no, that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe someone could let us know in the, in the chat. Yeah. Uh, Wolf City, we've all gone for a comfortable City win. I've gone for a 2 0. You've gone for a 3 0. Mark's gone for a 2 0. It's hard to see Harlan not scoring, isn't it? Again, that. Yeah, it is. I mean, the one thing people need to watch out for is the, the, the one uh, fixture block that managers hate. Is playing Wednesday night and Saturday mm. early kickoff, and that's what City are doing, which basically tells me that minutes will be managed. It's not about you know that they've had a week's rest, so they should be all all right. I think they still want to manage players, and the fact that you've played a Wednesday night, I think Saturday will be a risk. Now Holland should start, but I just think that people will be withdrawn earlier, so it may not be the mauling that you'd expect. So this is why I thought you know they'll, they'll sort of you know bring the tent down at three three nil, and that's what I went for. Bring the tent down at 3-0. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle Bournemouth. I've gone for a 2-0. You've gone for a 3-0. Mark's gone for a 2-0. Surely any other result other than a win to nil for Newcastle is going to be a huge, huge shock. Shock, shock. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Unless Solanke does something and ruins all FPL managers' hearts. Because I think at this point, pretty much everyone is on at least one Newcastle defender, which yeah. is Trippier or Pope. So absolutely, I think this should be a, a banker clean sheet. It's got a Solanke goal written all over it. Doesn't it? Yeah, of sure. course it does. He ruined my Henderson clean sheet in the last in the last game. It's like two 0 up for us, absolutely cruising, and then I had Nico Williams starting as well. Ah, oh, at least you got an assist from though, right? Yeah, I did. Nico. I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spurs Leicester. We've all gone for a resounding Spurs win. Maybe the end of of Rogers if this happens. I've gone for a three 0 You've gone for a three uh, one. Mark gone for a three uh, nil as well. I think you know, looking at City versus Wolves and Spurs versus Leicester. If I'm looking at ceilings of, of points halls. I think this is the one that could have a huge, huge win for, for Spurs. I'd be more surprised by City winning 5-0 than I would be Spurs beating Leicester 5-0, for example. I know they struggled you know, the other, the last night, but they they should beat Leicester. Leicester are awful. They are so awful at the moment. Yeah, which is yeah. why I like the Kane, potentially like the Kane captain. Uh, Brentford Arsenal. I've gone for 3-1 Arsenal. So have you. Mark's gone for 2 all. We're all going for goals. Four goals. Yeah. yeah, there should be goals. This is how Brentford have played. They've set up and... Uh, I'm surprised he, Mark's not gone for more goals for Arsenal. Arsenal have been terrific mm. attacking-wise. We saw in the numbers just seen. So, uh, yeah, I'm expecting them to score 2-3. Uh, 
Conceding two, again, I'm not really sure. Brentford are good, but Arsenal defence has been good as well. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, and finally, Everton, West Ham. I've gone for a West Ham win to one. You've gone for a one nil. Everton, interestingly enough, and Mark's gone for a two nil. Be a really, really poor start for West Ham if they lose this game. You know, I was thinking. Um, I went for a one all initially, and then I th- and then I was looking at West Ham's travel schedule. They're in Denmark tomorrow, and then they have to travel all the way up to Liverpool, play Everton. It's just a tough schedule, and so your away game Wednesday, Thursday, away game Sunday. I just think they'll be leggy. Now I don't. I'm not saying Bowen or somebody will start those games, but it's just it's it just takes a toll. So I I felt like it's there for the taking. Everton's defense has been much much better. I mean, suddenly having a a, a Cody Tarkowski. I mean, these are good defenders yeah, yeah. Uh, in the setup. Uh, I think they've also set up with the five at the back this year to be more solid. I think it's it'll be a tough game for them to score. So I I went for one nil. I could see a one all as well. Yep. I mean, they were good defensively against against Liverpool. Um, Shane Pickford's out because he's been absolutely brilliant for them. Yeah. But yeah, I completely agree. The Cody and Tarkovsky partnership, that was a masterstroke really by by Lampard. I know they, I mean, they did sign Mope, who less said about the better, but, you know, defensively with Onana as well coming in, they there is a better, a much better spine um, to that side. And I think ultimately they'll be okay this year, Everton. I I'm not expecting them to get top 10 or anything like that. But oh, of course not. I think they sh- they, there's worse teams in the league than, than Everton, I think. So I think I think they'll have enough to, to stay up. Um, oh, by the way, the picture behind you, is that from the same place that does mine? My ones? I think so. I, my, yeah. my wife ordered it, but yeah, it's the Cantona one. It should be. Look, the frame looks yeah, exactly Yeah, it does. The yeah, the frame yeah. and the thing. Yeah, they're good, those. Yeah, it's from uh, Etsy, I think. I got these yeah. ones. Apart from the Reese James one, yes, which was done by... Right. Uh, by someone who actually hand drew it for me, which was very nice of them. Oh, lovely. Uh, oh, uh, I had a message from Too Many Phils. Uh, Fulham won at Forest. Forest won at Fulham. There you go. Ah, oh, nice. So, you, so 4-0 uh, Fulham beat Forest away and Mitchell scored a brace. So that's oh, okay. oh, there you go. Five. There you go. Yeah, very different Forest side, but you'd argue worse <laughs> probably yeah. at the moment until they, yeah. know, until they get their chemistry. Uh, Captain Matrix, here we go. Uh, this is a bit depressing, really. Um, game week eight, I've got the primary candidates as Haaland versus Wolves and Kane versus Leicester. If you wanted to be differential, you could go for Mitrovic against Forest. You could go for Jesus at Brentford. You know, but you're probably not going to go for a Son or a De Bruyne, but they're in the mix anyway. And then I think it's Haaland versus United. I guess Salah is in there as well, but I think Haaland is, is going to be too too tempting. And then it's Haaland versus Southampton in game week 10. And then game week 11, it's interesting because you've got Haaland versus Liverpool. Um, or you could go for Kane, which is, again, why I think I'm, I'm going to get Kane because I want that, that I'm targeting those two fixtures as someone a bit different. But then in game week 12, we haven't got Haaland. <laughs> Hooray! So then Finally. It, it probably comes back to Salah, though, which is interesting, and people aren't going to have him. Um, Mitrovic plays Villa at home. Madison has Leeds. I mean, that's kind of scraping the barrel a little bit. But when you take Arsenal and, and City out, it's going to be Salah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, do you think I we're going to start? Do you think we're going to see people flocking back to Salah then in game week twelve? I think so. I mean, this is why a lot of people are looking at De Bruyne's slot. So they basically, before the blank, they switch off, switch De Bruyne to Salah in game week twelve. Mm. Uh, so that's another way of looking at it. That you've been off going the Kane route. And you go the De Bruyne route, and instead of captaining Kane this week, you captain Holland this week. And then the week that you're talking about captaining Kane instead in game week 11, you go Mitrovic instead. So that's another route that you could take, basically avoiding the the whole thing. And then you go 
KDB to Salah in game week 12, if you follow. Yep. No, that makes complete sense. Yep. Uh, Captain Data. If you're looking for um, looking at players over the season, you just need to look no further than Haaland. Uh, like we've said, he's the best across all these metrics. XGI per 90 of 1.19 is the best in the league. Uh, De Bruyne is next. But if you've got De Bruyne and Haaland, why would you go for Haaland over De Bruyne? Uh, why would you go for De Bruyne yeah. over Haaland unless you think he's not going to start? Um, so yeah, he's the obvious choice. Uh, looking at teams, Forest are the worst team in the league out of these, the teams that we're looking at. I think Palace are 20th, but Forest are, are 19th. Um, they're expected to concede two goals um, a game. But that isn't much worse than the likes of Leicester, Bournemouth. Um, those three teams are, seem to be the teams to target for, for your kind of strikers. So right. Wolves are down there. I'm mean, 1.09. Um, but obviously you've got the Man City factor. But yeah, I think Mitrovic and, and Kane are definitely intriguing um, options. Absolutely. It's just Absolutely. If, you can be, if you're brave enough. Ireland's <laughs> <laughs> broken the game. I mean, what can I yeah. say? I mean, as long as he's fit. Essentially, the conversation on captaincy every week is, is Haaland going to start? If yep. he's going to start, he's going to be captain. At least that's where I see it. Last two game weeks, that's what it was. I think he's he's almost put that to bed, though, right? By, um, you know, not by by playing the three games in a week and and scoring two hat tricks and a, and a goal. I mean, seven goals in that spell is is crazy. And if you didn't have it, have him, like you know, I know a few people that didn't have him for that for that spell because they wanted to back De Bruyne and and you know get the certainty of the minutes. And it was De Bruyne that ended up missing one. So yeah, very very frustrating if you if you went against. If you went against that. Um, so good question sorry. from Joe. Sorry, while we're yeah. at it. So he's asking if you if if Holland plays ninety tonight, and I've already said this Wednesday, Saturday morning turnaround is really really tricky. Would you would you think what do you think about his minutes, and then maybe that gives more credence to captaining Kane over Holland this week? Yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm captaining Kane. Whatever I think, if I bring in Kane, really? yeah, if I bring in Kane, I'm I'm definitely going to captain. I mean his record against Leicester as well is absolutely crazy. You know, it's the team he most loves to play against, and I know you could argue that that kind of stat means absolutely nothing, but Kane is very much a he 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 strikes me as someone who likes these records, and you know, and it just gives him that little bit of extra lift when he plays against kind of some of these sides because he he ups his game in in the North London derby. Um, the upstairs game against Leicester as well, we seem to score. So I'm expecting big things. But yeah, I think I wouldn't let it put me off. If I was set on Haaland and I thought Haaland was the best captain option, I wouldn't let his minutes tonight put me off, I think. Okay. Because we've seen him play. We've seen him play multiple games over a period and uh, over a short period. And he's had a rest now as well. And I think it's yeah. almost certain that he starts that game against Wolves. And he's only going to be taken off there if they're a couple ahead. And he probably right. scored them all if they've, if they've done that. So. <laughs> I mean, he's basically, instead of thinking of Haaland's minutes, we should be thinking of Haaland will play until they're 2-0 up or 2-1 yeah. up or 3-1 up. Yeah. And then he'll come off. And if they're losing, he'll play 90 minutes. Yeah. And he'll get a goal. Yeah. So would you, would you, you wouldn't worry about it either? If he plays 90 I minutes. would captain Haaland, yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Pras, this might be our first episode that isn't two hours. Very, very <laughs> well, exciting. Yeah. Aren't we all glad? My wife is particularly glad because this is my third podcast. Well, it's, it'll, it's my second of the three this week. So, uh. She will be glad it's not two hours. Yes, well, we'll, we'll try. We'll try and cut it down for for your wife. Uh, obviously, we've talked about a lot of the stuff already. So the fact we're even at yeah. one hour twenty is just shows how, how bloody long these things go on for. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. By the way, so far nine hundred eighty watching. Uh, we're going to go into our teams in just a second. But if you could give us a like, and that'd be amazing. And do make sure you're subscribed to the channel as we head towards thirty thousand subs, which is our target between now and the end of the season. That'd be amazing. Uh, right, let's talk teams then. Let's look at your team first. So 
But this is your team as it's set up at the moment. Uh, it's Ramsdale in goal. Uh, Trent Cancelo, Trippier Williams, Pereira, Salah, Martinelli. The lesser spotted plunge <laughs> up top uh, with Harlan. He's Haaland. the best 4.5. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's red flag. Is, is, he, is, is he not there anymore, is he? Has he gone off on He's not there, but he didn't drop in price. Beautiful. Whereas Arthur Greenwood dropped oh. in price. So he's the best by far. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, and then you've got Walker, Diaz and Gross on your bench. So you're, I'm guessing you've got two free transfers. Yes, yeah, the team looks ugly, but uh, I'm going to talk about what are the options. So, look, yeah. I had an option to wildcard, uh, which is obviously there. But the thing is, with three transfers, I can pretty much match a wildcard team. So it is a hit, but it is, it is, you know, I just feel like the information over the international break. And there's other aspects to Game Week 9 wildcard, which are better for me. And we'll talk about that on Burning Questions tomorrow, Game Week 9 versus Game Week 8. So I've come to the conclusion that Game Week 9 is my window to wildcard, not 8. And so therefore, I have three transfers that I can make. So I have option number one. I can go Salah to Sun. Mm -hmm. I can go Plange to Mitrovic. And I can go TAA to Perisic. So basically, two guys playing Leicester and Mitrovic. So basically, you're sort of well-stocked. You have 11 players and you captain Haaland and, and you're good. The second option is I can go uh, Plange to Mitrovic. I can go Salah to De Bruyne and I can go Walker down to Botman or something. So double Newcastle defense. I have a KDB and I have Mitrovic. And the third option is another interesting one where I can go Plange to Kane, Salah to Kulusevski and Trent Ooh. to Perisic. So triple... Triple Tottenham. Oh, that's a if, wild one. <laughs> I mean, you're dead ending, so you're sort of going wild to whatever you can afford. So this is what I'm thinking. It's going to be three moves involving Salah out, Trent out, and Plange, and then I'll get somebody instead. And the idea is then I'll wildcard, I'll get Trent back, I'll get Salah back, and I'll have these two you know, nice differentials that nobody else owns. And uh, and then I'll sort of fill it fill it up with the the Chelsea guys, which people have dropped this week. So game week nine is a separate conversation, but that's basically where I'm going. It's interesting because I look I look at that team. I think God, that needs a wild card. You got it's like you got Plange in there, you got Trent and Salah, you know, you got Gross on the bench, you got Walker with a flag. But you're right with three with three transfers for for one week, you can you can kind of sort out. I really like this idea of dead end dead ending the team yeah. just for like one specific week. I guess the issue with the Spurs boys is that Perisic and Kuzetsky both not start. <laughs> Correct. That's the issue. So this is why the safest move, which is what I'm leaning towards now, is Botman for Walker, KDB for Salah, and Mitrovic. So basically, yeah. I'm matching the wildcard teams that have Pope and, and Trippier because I have Botman and Trippier. I have a, um, you know, I have uh, Cancelo. So I feel like I'm not missing anything. Instead of Isak, I have a Jesus, who I don't mind having this mm. week. I have Ramsdale in goal. So... I'm very happy with the team this week. I see no need, unless there's a major injury between now and Friday night, which could help, which would make me trigger it. But I think other than that, I'm happy with this team this yep. week. No, nice, very good. Uh, this is your wildcard team um, that you sent me as well. Obviously, you're not pulling the, the trigger. You've said you can play over the international break. But if you were wildcarding this week, this is the kind of team you, you would do. Uh, it's Pope and yep. Yol with James, uh, Cancelo and Trippier. Uh, and, then Mar and then Marcelli, Madison, De Bruyne, Bowen, you're a Madison and Bowen uh, double upper, uh, and then Mitrovic, Haaland, and Isak. So you would go with Isak then on, if you were wildcarding this week? If I was wildcarding this week, I would, simply because in this particular draft, I've got 0.7 in the bank, so I can go De Bruyne to Salah immediately. Now, you don't have to go immediately, but I think just having that optionality will make me sleep better at night. So mm. if I was wildcarding, I would know that I can get to Salah in one move. That makes a difference. And then what I've done in this draft is midfield is where I've spent the money. 
so in addition to De Bruyne and Martinelli, Madison and Bowen are the two 8.0-ish mids. I would prefer Zaha any day. But the problem is Zaha is blanking this week and he's playing Chelsea next week. So the idea is you take a punt on these two guys, whichever one works out, that's the one you go with. Because these are the guys who have a fixture in game week eight and they have very, very good fixtures. I mean, look at Madison's fixtures after game week eight. I mean, they're absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Forrest, Bournemouth, take a punt. If it doesn't work out, I think there's enough options in the eight million bracket for you to jump on or off. You can put the money back in defense if Chilwell is starting or not. So I think this is a draft which is sort of flexible. My one warning to Game Week 8 wildcarders is don't overcommit on transfers. So like I've just mentioned, if I go Bowen to Zaha in two weeks, if I'm going De Bruyne to Salah in one week, I'm sort of booking in transfers every yeah. single week. That's the danger. So I haven't given it as much thought as people who are actually on a wildcard are. Do give it a thought. Don't just sort of say, Game Week 9, this is what I'm doing. 10, this is what I'm doing. Because things change. Things happen and you won't be able to do that and you'll be stuck in Game Week 12 without Trent, without Salah. And essentially needing another wild card, which you won't get. Yeah, I think that's that. That basically answers my question about this team, which is the flexibility because and the transfers. Because I look at Madison, Bowen, and Isak and think, crap, that's three players that you could want to run away from sort of fairly quickly. Uh, and then yeah. you haven't got any Liverpool players, so then you might want to move you know, De Bruyne out or, or get in um, Trent, like you mentioned. And you know, when the idea of a wild card is to put you ahead of the curve a team like this always runs the risk of putting you behind the curve as you kind of scramble Correct. to get back the, the players. But, you know, it's like, like we said at the start, it's a really tricky balance, the wildcard this week, because you've got to really attack this week anyway. But then a lot of the players that you might want, you can't have because, like we've said, Zaha is his perfect example, but you're probably not going to go for him this week because he hasn't got the game. Correct. Tricky one. Correct. And this is my reason for dead-ending this week, where then I can, with a fresh perspective, look at all the players in game week nine and then pick the right ones. And if Madison happens to be that one and Bowen happens to be that, fair enough. At least I've considered Zaha and others that you couldn't consider this week. Yep, absolutely. Uh, my team, go on then, you can get your... Um, bear in mind, just before we do that, just bear in mind, no Jesus in this team. So if I'm selling Jesus, then you can't be that mad because you don't even, you don't, you don't even want your wildcard side. Um, True. My team is Henderson in goal, uh, Diaz, Trippier, and Emerson. Oh, just I, I don't wish an injury on any player. Don't get me wrong. But if Criswell, if Criswell could just you know stub his toe or something <laughs> and just stay out of one more match, that would be that would be great. Um, Pereira, uh, Salah, Marcelli, and Foden, um, Haaland, Jesus, and Mitrovic, and then I've got Ward, Trent, Gross, and Estupinian on the bench. So. My my thoughts are if I make I've got two free transfers I can I can get a team out for you know for, I can get eleven out fairly comfortably. Right. Um, Emerson is obviously a, a doubt, but I don't really care too much if he doesn't play. It's not really the end of the world. What I'm leaning towards doing is Salah and Jesus out for Saka and Kane and giving Kane the armband. Yeah, I hear you. And, See, the problem is yeah. the problem your your weak areas in the team are the two Brighton guys. Yep. And they will sort of rot in the team. Uh, and there's no clear exit route. So Well, there is. I, I, there is a clear exit is? route. Because if I do Salah and Jesus to Saka and Kane, that gives me nearly, I think, like 1.6 million to upgrade gross. And then I'd be able to get Sinistera, who's the player that I really want for ah, next okay. week. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, other things. So you won't have a Chelsea defender going into next week. So Chelsea are highest for clean sheet odds next three weeks after this week. James will play right wing back or right uh defense so that's one thing that sort of sticks out as missing you'll be stuck with double 
well, five players who are blanking in game week 12. Um, this is not to nitpick, by the way. I'm just sort of my. It my, sounds my a lot like nitpicking, Pras. <laughs> Mark Holland has just scored, by the way. Holland has just scored. Water is wet. There you go. Um, so that those are my concerns. That basically, while you should be moving away from Arsenal players, mm. you're getting a Arsenal player this week who will be a problem down the line. Yeah, so that's true. I would almost say, instead of Saka, maybe consider Madison. You love him. You you know you that's have true. history with him. You won't have to worry about him for the rest of sort of the, you know, even until game week 13, 14. That's an option. You could look at gross down to a a cheaper mid now. But look, I don't hate the Kane cap shout at all. Uh, Hallens looks like he's played 90 minutes. Uh, I think, you know, if he, if he ends up playing a 55-minute cameo, you're laughing, right? Yeah, I think, I think, I think you're probably right about, about Saka. Maybe that he's, he's giving my, booking myself in the transfer head of game week, game week 12 and, and they've got rough games. It's just... I guess Salah could, um, Saka could become Diaz as well, and that would give me that kind of Liverpool coverage. I mean, if I wanted to get James, for example, I, I would have enough money to do a Stupinan up to James rather than dealing with Gross. So right. I can deal with one of those two issues in, in a good way. I can do Gross up to Sinisteru I want, or a Stupinan up to James um, ahead, uh, you know, ahead of, ahead of a good run. And I don't think the rest of my team, there's too many like, no. bad options. Diaz then... can become James too, by the way. Diaz can become James because yep. uh, City uh, play Liverpool and then blank. So you could just say, I'll, I'll go James instead yep. at some point. Yep. But going Saka is basically you are booking in the thing we talked about not doing on the wild card. You're sort of doing without the wild card where mm. if you went Saka, you're booking in the transfer. If you went somewhere else, you wouldn't have to. But yeah, I think... Uh, I think It's I just, it. yeah, I guess the question is, does Saka outscore... Bowen and Madison by four points leading up to that thing. Because then even if I have to take Saka out for a hit, it's still been kind of worth it. And I think if Saka didn't score against Brentford, I'd be worried because then he goes into Spurs yeah. and, and the kind of the tougher games. But I think there's, lead, there's, there's Leeds, isn't there? There is Leeds before that, that blank. In the middle. So Spurs, Leeds, Liverpool, blank. Yeah. Okay. So I could sell him before that Liverpool game, for example, and, and kind of work yes. it out. I don't know. It's, it's, it's up in the air. I just, I just look at those stats about Bowen. And I just look at Leicester and think how they're playing. And I just still want to put one of those guys in my team. I look at Arsenal, I think their attack is so vibrant as well. And I don't really want to lose one of them before Brentford. But it's the only way I can get Kings. I'm not going to sell Mitrovic or, or Haaland because yeah. I think they're the two, the two standouts. So, yeah, interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting week. I mean, you know, there's, there's been quite a lot of talk about, you know, engaged managers, whether people are losing a bit of engagement and stuff. And I've got to admit, I've struggled this week with it because we've had the postponements. It's hard to plan it's all this kind of stuff. But now I'm here talking to you, Pras, and I'm looking at teams and we're talking about different options. It's getting the juices flowing again. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, look, I mean, to be fair, it's been tough on people who played their wildcard. I mean, you couldn't have foreseen this situation. It couldn't have gone worse for people like yourselves who'd mm. wildcarded in Brighton and Liverpool players. It's been tough. So I, I feel for teams like yourselves. I would say people who are listening, who are in a position like this, I mean, you're actually fairly well set up. I know, up. I'm lucky. Other people may have five or six blankers. Don't free hit. I mean, that's something we haven't talked about, but you will get opportunities. Yeah. There's a window, game week 21 or 22, when all these games should be could be rescheduled when the second leg of the Europe, uh, of the Conference League semi-final happens, sorry, the League Cup semi-final. You could have a 20-team uh, game week, everyone doubling. Free hit will come in handy either there or when the FA Cup quarterfinal blanks come you'll use it. You'll find much better uses for it. So I would sort of avoid free hit as long as you can. I completely agree. I mean, you look at the fixtures as well, like, like we kind of talked about. I mean, you've got Spurs and Leicester. There's big potential in there, but there's only really Kane that I'd be worried about 
you know, not even worried about because not, not exactly that many people have got him. But, you know, if you're no. free hitting for players from Everton or West Ham or, you know, Forest v Fulham, other than Mitrovic is the only one you're going to want in that. You're not going to be, you don't want any Villa or Southampton players in that. So, I mean, you could free hit and stack your team up with Man City, but you've probably got two or three of those anyway. You want a Newcastle defender, maybe I say, I don't, I don't, there's not enough. There's not enough yeah. good fixtures this week to, to, to warrant the free hit. I think I'd rather I'd rather just play nine. Fair here. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at my wildcard team. So I have actually gone for Bowen uh, in it, uh, but again, that spot is so flexible. It, it could you know it could be Saka, it could be Bowen, it could be Madison, any of them. I think they're all about the same. They've all got their pros and cons that we kind of talked about. Um, right. The wildcard team I put together is Pope, Trippier, Cancelo, and, and Saliba, um, Pereira, Martinelli, Bowen, Foden, Mitrovic, Kane, and Haaland. Uh, then on the bench, Ward, Williams, James, and Zaha. So just kind of, you know, having James and Zaha on the bench just to bring bring those in yeah. straight away, probably for Pereira and, and Saliba. Um, I mean, Saliba could be any of the 4.5. Again, there's not a huge amount of... I mean, you, you, there is there is a huge amount of good 4.5 options, but not really for this week, because I think there's, right. there's right. goals across quite a lot of the games. And I put him in because I think probably quite a few people have got value in him already. If you picked him up at 4.5, 4.6, and his, his price is going up. You could maybe keep him, but I guess with the City news, you probably would want to lose him uh, down to someone else. But yeah, I feel with something like this team, it just it gives you a, a decent 11 um, for this week. And then you've got yeah. James and Zaha to come in to get ahead of people who have, have got it. And you haven't got a huge amount of problems to worry about. Like there's only really Bowen to take out. I think the rest of your team, the rest of the team is, is pretty well set up. Um, obviously, there's no De Bruyne. That's the kind of the big omission that a lot of people are going for. You have uh, Kane though. And, and but Kane's there, and you've got Foden as well that can hopefully cover some of the points. So, yeah, I, I really like this way of. Uh, I mean, you could bench a Zaha or a Trent, or basically, I I don't think people should be shy of doing that just so that you can not have as many headaches going forward because there will be a lot of headaches coming because people will need to move players around between City and 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 Liverpool, which is not ideal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I talked about this on on Gianni's stream earlier, so I won't go into too much more about it. Um, but again, it's, you know, it's sort of similar to yours but also a, a different i mean the the cane sort of you know is, is the kind of the main difference right between a lot of these these wild cards that we that we kind of see um do you worry about double newcastle defense because people are i mean you could pick pope just because he's the best keeper and trippier because he's a great pick but newcastle defensively haven't had the best no. underlying data no so that's a little bit of worry, right it is yeah i mean there's there's two ways to look at it right you can look at it kind of you can look at all these players in isolation i think Pope is the best five million keeper by a, a mile, and I think Trippier is the best five million defender by a mile. So, yeah. should you be put off just because you don't want too many eggs in that basket? And uh, that's one thing. I mean, the, the double the double up has never worked for me, ever. Right. I, I can't think of a single time in which the double up has actually been a, a success. I tried it last right. year with with Chelsea, and they just kept conceding. James did well, but none of the others did. I've tried it with Liverpool in the past with Trent and Robertson, and managed to dodge points from whatever's going on in there. You know, even the start of this season, I had both and they just couldn't keep a clean sheet. So yeah. it is a problem, but they're both five million and, and the fixtures are good. And I just yeah. always back Newcastle at home to keep a clean sheet. So, right. so strong at home. So I can see why you wouldn't, but I, I personally think it's, it's probably worth it. Mark then. Uh, so this is Mark's team. He's got Raya in goal, uh, Neko Williams, Perisic and Trippier. Uh, Gibbs is such a different team to everyone else's, uh, and he's wildcarded. Uh, Gibbs White, why not? Uh, De Bruyne, uh, Andreas is in there, and Martinelli, and then he's got Mitrovic, Jesus, and Tony uh, up front. So Mark's transfers, which he told me about, 
are um, he's either going to bring in Bowen or Saka for Salah, right. and then he's either going to bring in Kane or Haaland for Tony. I think he's still Tony. talking about Salah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, not too di- dissimilar to yours. No, I think not going off Salah. Uh, a De Bruyne and Holland uh, double up could be really nice. Um, I mean, his his front line looks looks great, and and he's got James, he's got Trent. It's not that bad. I mean, he's he's well set up after these couple of moves. He he messaged me and kind of said, although he hasn't, you know, although he hasn't got the wild card, this has actually worked out as good as it could do for yeah. him because he wants to get rid of Salah right away. He's got he's got Gibbs Wyatt. He he can get eleven out. Without any transfers, I mean, this is his team without making any transfers. So he's he's, trans- he's got two transfers, and they're kind of luxury because he can yeah. strengthen rather than having to fight fires, um, which a lot of people are having to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'd be it would be amazing if he if he did end up going for I don't know a Saka and and Kane and went another week without Haaland. Surely, surely <laughs> this is the week he buys Haaland. <laughs> I mean, he even has the luxury to get Zaha and bench him. If yeah, he wanted to do exactly. that and not go Bowen or Saka. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good good spot to be in. Yeah, in fact, that's probably what I'd do if I was him. I, yeah. I would go for Zaha because Saka's obviously got the, the missing game, like we said, and I I don't trust Bowen. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I would go for Zaha and use that money. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, his wildcard team that he put together. Um, Rayer in goal. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Perisic. He loves Perisic. Uh, Trippier and Williams. Uh, and then Pereira, De Bruyne, Bowen, Marcinelli, Mitrovic, Haaland and Tony. I mean, it's pretty much his his team. I mean, he's kept Tony in there. Team. Yeah, That's not fair, Mark. <laughs> I, know. I mean, he's kept Tony in there, which makes me think maybe it will be Jesus that he, that he loses. But I'd be surprised. Okay. I would probably lean towards keeping Jesus than over Tony. Um, but then that's Trent, Zaha and James on his bench. So interestingly that he'd keep Trent on the wild card. I'm not seeing many people do that. Yeah, I I think Trent, Zaha, James, I mean, these are the three picks that will be the differential picks when I wildcard. So whoever you're benching now will be sort of a shield against the Game Week 9 wildcarders because those three will definitely be in my wildcard. Yeah, I think James and Zaha is a lovely two to get on, on the wildcard because you just, you just bench them and then you just bring them in next week and then you're kind of ahead. So Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. no, I like it. It's a good team. I'm not sure about Raya, though, in goal. I definitely find the extra money to... Go for a poke. You see, it it could be Guaita. I'm, a, you know, from next week Guaita is the pick, but this week obviously he doesn't have a game, so that's the yeah. issue. Yeah. Uh, very good. Um, that's it. You can get back to your wife. We're at one hour forty. Excellent. Not 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 too far off two hours. I, again, I thought it'd be an hour, but it, it kind of never is. Um, but no, it's been great catching <laughs> so much up. Much to us. talk about. Not no, I know, never is. Oh, likewise, likewise. Thank you for having me. Oh, so much all. to discuss. Uh, so many teams, so many players. Even though we only have seven fixtures, there's always stuff to talk about. Yep. So no, thank Ab- you for having me. Absolutely, you're more than welcome. Uh, again, thanks everyone for watching. I know Champions League's been on, and thanks for all the updates uh, on that. Good to see Harland scoring again, as I consider not handing him the armband. What can possibly go wrong? Uh, but until well, there won't be one next week. Next week is the international break. So we will also be taking a break. We'll be back um, after that. Uh, but yeah, do like the video if you haven't already. Uh, do subscribe to the channel. Um, this will be on Spotify at some point, another you know, Google podcast and all that at some point. Uh, I normally leave that to Mark, but maybe I should do it because he's, he's ill. And we finished early. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, but yeah, thanks for watching, everyone. And we will see you very soon. Thank you.
Social Podcast Network.